0: Welcome. Please stand for the call to worship. Truly, our souls find rest in God. Our salvation comes from Him.
1: Truly, he is
0: our God and our salvation.
1: He is our fortress. We will never
0: yes, my soul, find rest in God. Our hope comes from Him.
1: Truly, our salvation is our fortress we will never be shaken
0: our salvation and our honor depend on god he is our mighty rock our refuge for our pastor for god is our refuge and foundation let us pray almighty god who pours out on all who desire it the spirit of grace and supplication. Deliver us when we draw near to you from coldness of heart and wanderings of mind that with steadfast thoughts and kindled affections we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.
2: Amen. What a tremendous promise of God that we, we come to declare and to affirm and to embrace this morning as we gather in worship. We're so glad that you are here uh, in the sanctuary, those who are following us on streaming. Uh, those of you here, I uh, want to welcome those of you who are here for Alumni Weekend and hope that this has been a great time for you and we're happy to see you back. And hope that uh, you will enter into uh, this worship experience here in Houghton this morning. Let me encourage you to take a few moments and share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. As you may have noticed, if you looked in the bulletin, right after the service this morning, we're having a Sunday school picnic. And this is open to the whole church. It's being sponsored and hosted by the Sunday school department. And one of the things they want to do is to honor and give thanks to our children, Sunday school teachers particularly. So we hope you'll join us. If you didn't come prepared with food, I'm sure there'll be plenty. We'd love to have you stay and be a part of this fellowship time together. Uh, one of the great joys we have as a part of Sunday School in, in teaching our children and working with them is uh, the, uh, the second grade children's Sunday School class. One of their goals each year is to memorize the books of the Bible. And uh, it's a privilege. We're going to ask all of them to come up here and they're going to recite those for us as a congregation. Now, we're all going to stand and do recite that for them. Now, this is awesome. Uh, We're so proud of you guys, and uh, we're so thankful for Mr. and Mrs. Schmidt and how they have taught this class this year and many, many years. And we are happy for you to learn not just the books of the Bible and the names, but to know about God. And the Bible is very important to us to understand who God is, and we are so happy that you are learning, that you're part of our Sunday school program, and we, uh, we want to we pray for you, and we ask for God to, to uh, reveal himself to you, that you'd always know how much God loves you, and you'd always know how much we as a church love you and care about you. One of the ways that we want to remind you that you're important to us is we have a gift for you. Uh, there are, some of you have, are getting Bibles, some of you have some devotional books, but we want to hand those out to you. And uh, as a way of remembering this day and as remembering that we love you and care for you. It's a large class. It's great. And again, I want to thank uh, Carl and Jill Schmidt. They have faithfully taught second grade Sunday school for a long, long time. As you remember this event today, pray for these children. Uh, They are going to experience life that may be different from when we experienced life as children But God is still the same, and we are praying and doing all that we can to help them know that God loves them and to nurture faith for Jesus throughout all of their lives. That obviously begins very young. So uh, pray for them, and as you have opportunity, let them know that we love them and care for them.
0: Our Old Testament reading today comes from Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 5. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep This is the word of the Lord. Just kidding. Uh, At this time, please stand and sing the doxology as our ushers come forward. thank you that we can always trust in you. We give you this offering today, and with it we worship you and give our whole selves to you. Extend and multiply the reach and influence of our offerings so that they may be a blessing to many. We ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Sometimes you lose some And right now Right now I'm losing I stood on this stage Night after night Reminding the broken It'll be alright But right now to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame night you God, who
2: is faithful in all the times of life, calls us to come to Him with our burdens and our concerns and to be honest. And so uh, I invite you to join me in the prayer of confession that is printed in your bulletin. Let us pray together. Almighty God, You love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We subtly condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit our sin, so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who has promised that if we confess our sins, He will indeed forgive us our sins. Amen. Jackie Algier has been connected to our church for six years or so since she first came to Houghton College as a freshman. She was baptized in this church and has been involved in many ministries in our church. And for the past couple of years, she has been serving in South America and uh, this past year in a variety of uh, countries on short-term assignments. And uh, she's been home for a couple of months and is now preparing to uh, begin a new venture uh, in um, a very difficult place of the world in North Africa. And uh, she will be teaching there. And uh, we wanted to have the opportunity this morning to uh, pray with her. She spoke in a Kaleidoscope, Kaleidoscope Sunday School class immediately preceding this service. So I'm going to ask Jackie to come and to kneel here at the altar and invite those of you who would like to come and gather around her as we pray for her and then also the needs of the world and our lives. Father, thank you for the ways in which you place on our hearts burdens and needs of people and places. We thank you for the way you call us to certain things in this world, certain things for us to do and using our gifts. And we thank you for the call you've placed on Jackie. We thank you for the transformation you've done in her life ...since coming to Houghton College. And we thank you for her heart for the world. As she is preparing to to uh, begin this journey of teaching for a couple of years in a very difficult place... ...we ask that you will give grace and mercy to her. We pray that you will give her wisdom in the preparations. We pray that you will help her to raise the support that she needs... ...and the prayer support that she needs... ...and all of the ways in which she needs to prepare for this difficult, challenging, and yet exciting assignment. We pray that as she goes, that she will know the power of your spirit, helping her as she teaches, as she interacts with uh, children, as she interacts with neighbors and people in this country. And we ask that you give her strength, and we pray that she will remember this moment so that when life is good and ministry is going well and she's seeing positive things happen, she will remember this moment and give thanks to you. And when things are difficult and there are challenges and ministry is not going as she would like and there is there is opposition and, and struggle, may she remember this moment and trust in you. And remember these folks here in this service and the earlier service who gathered around her are praying for her now and, and will continue to pray for her and are supporting her. And we pray that she will remember this in moments like this and turn to you. We pray for your protection and we pray for your grace upon her in all that she does. Father, we also thank you for what you are doing uh, among your people in this world and as she is going to a difficult place of ministry, we know there are other places of the world where it's difficult to be the church and to be followers of Jesus. We think especially of the church in Qatar. And as they, as they face difficulties, as they face struggles, especially uh, seemingly, seemingly heightened during the month of Ramadan, give to the church their strength and power and, and your grace to bear witness to exactly who you are. We pray for your church in other places of the world. And we think of Kevin and Cindy Austin and Josiah as they minister in the Czech Republic. Help them as they build relationships, as they work on the language, as they, as they uh, find themselves uh, in a place where you've called them. May their ministry be productive and fruitful. And may they sense you with them every moment of every day. Father, we know that we live in a world of struggle and pain and difficulty. We pray for people who are refugees and ask that you would protect them and and bring about circumstances that would allow them to return to their homes. We pray for the nation of Sri Lanka and other places where they are facing the results of natural disasters and have a... uh, a, 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 cause difficulties to their infrastructure and to, to people's everyday lives. And we pray that you will bring relief and help. We pray for our own nation the needs that we have and... We, we pray for the leaders of our nation and the the seeming disunity and division in our nation. And we pray that you would bring healing in a way that would be centered in Jesus. And Father, we pray for churches around us, closer to us, and ministries. And we, we pray for the Wesleyan Church in Bradford and Pastor Niver. May your, your grace be upon this gathering of believers, even as they worship this morning. May they so love one another that that love is shared with others around them and that they would see fruit from their ministry. Father, we pray for the needs that we represent here today. Some of us come today and we are grieving loss and pain and difficulties. And some are here today in their health issues. And we pray that you would bring your healing grace to bear on all who are struggling with issues of health. We pray that you will help us in all the circumstances of life, in relationships they're not what we would like for them to be, and financial needs, and his concern about the future. All of the burdens we bring to you today. And we pray for your grace and mercy, and that you would help us to trust you, because you are faithful and good. We pray all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, remembering the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
0: Our New Testament reading comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. At this time, children may be dismissed for Children's Church.
3: may be seated. And please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I suspect that many of you are familiar with the television show Survivor. If you aren't, It's a reality series where a group of contestants are stranded in a remote location with little more than the clothes on their back. They must provide food, water, fire, and shelter for themselves while they face a variety of challenges and endure numerous hardships. At the end of the series, the one lone survivor receives the prize. I've never watched the show, but I've seen lots of ads for it. And I have to admit, I question the sanity of people who put themselves through this kind of torture, who are willing to live and survive in such desolate conditions, because most of us spend our lives trying to avoid these kinds of circumstances and places. But as much as we try, Survival in desolate, wilderness-like places seems to be fairly common for people who are followers of God. Abraham, Elijah, David, even Jesus, all spend time in the wilderness. But nobody in Scripture spends more time in the wilderness than the Israelites. Forty long years. Under the leadership of Moses, God delivers the Israelites from years of backbreaking slavery in Egypt. In order to get to the land that God has promised them, they must pass through the desert wilderness. But because of their lack of faith, their fear, and disobedience, what should be a 40 day journey turns into 40 years of wandering in the hot, barren wilderness leading them to think that maybe, just maybe, the bondage and slavery of Egypt wasn't all that bad. Like the Israelites and others, we too spend time in the wilderness. Pastor and author Rob Renfro talks about wilderness experiences as something unpleasant to something totally unbearable. Wilderness experiences often involve deep suffering and sorrow, the loss of a loved one, a financial crisis, a health crisis, the breakdown of a relationship, or some other painful experience, the kind of experience in which we see no end in sight and we wonder how can we make it through another day, leaving us to question How did I get here? Sometimes we enter the wilderness by our own mistakes. Sometimes by the actions of others. Sometimes by the flow of life. Or sometimes by God's purposeful plan for us. But in some ways, it doesn't really matter how we got to the wilderness. What matters is how we respond to Our wilderness, because ultimately we leave the wilderness in one of two ways, bitter and angry with a heart that's hard toward God and others, in a sense, taking the wilderness with us, or we leave transformed, ready and open to receive all that God desires for us. The decision is ours. Renfro boils it all down to this one concern, one thought, one main idea. Don't waste your wilderness. Don't go through such pain only to gain nothing from it. Don't waste your wilderness. But when everything's going wrong... When we're living with a sense of hopelessness and the pain is too much for us, when our most honest response to it all is, where is the nearest exit? Just get me out of here. How do we not waste our wilderness? How do we guard our hearts and minds so that we come out of the wilderness with a deeper, renewed faith? I believe that Deuteronomy 8-2 gives us some insights into these questions. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Moses begins in Deuteronomy 8-2 by telling us to remember. The command to remember is so vital to our wilderness journey. In fact, it's so important that Moses repeats this word over 40 times throughout the book of Deuteronomy. He says, remember from where and what you've come. Remember the experiences you've had. Remember who God has been to you. Remember what God has done for you. Remember, remember, remember. Moses understands our struggle to remember. I know I need reminders. I often have to write things down in order to remember them. My guess is this is true of most all of us. While forgetfulness is just a part of life, there's a deeper, far more serious issue that some of us struggle with, what some call spiritual amnesia. Being a little forgetful is completely different to having amnesia. Amnesia refers to a large-scale loss of memories that may include important milestones in life, memorable events, key people in our lives, and vital facts we've been taught or told. Spiritual amnesia is forgetting God, forgetting what he's done for us, his grace, his love, his faithfulness, his promises we've read in scripture. It happens to the Israelites. It happens to us. In fact, we can probably relate to the person who, when asked, what is your greatest temptation, answered, my greatest temptation is to forget God. When scripture commands us to remember, it involves much more than the retention of facts and information. It's feelings, experiences, relationships, and attitudes. In our home, I have this small angel on a stand. This was a gift from a close friend prior to us moving here 21 years ago. On the base of the stand, my friend wrote, Remember me when this you see. Love, Kathleen, 1996. Whenever I see this angel, I do just that. I remember Kathleen. But I don't think her intent was for me to remember her face, which I do. But rather, it's to remember all that we experienced together including how Wes and I had the privilege of leading Kathleen and her husband to Christ and discipling them. I think of the times we served in ministry and worked on projects together. I remember times of laughing together and of crying together. I think of how my faith grew as I witnessed her faith grow. When I remember Kathleen, I picture her face but so much more that evokes feelings of love and gratitude. When Moses tells us to remember God, he doesn't mean that we simply have a mental picture of God. Rather, we're to remember who God is, what he's done, how he's acted on our behalf again and again, and in remembering, we trust God more. Moses also tells the people to remember how God led them. God provided food and water for them daily. God miraculously prevented their clothes from wearing out and their feet from swelling during those 40 years of wandering. Think about that. I've had a pair of favorite shoes for the past three or four years. I don't wear them every day, but I wear them quite a bit. You know the kind of shoes I'm talking about. They're comfortable, easy to slip on and off. But recently, I got caught in a rainstorm up in Buffalo, and my feet, my socks, everything was completely soaked because I discovered at that point that my favorite shoes had holes in the bottom of the soles of them, and all the water just came in on me. And this was after only wearing them for a few short years. So why, after 40 years, did the Israelites' clothes not wear out and their feet not swell during all of their wandering? It's because of how God cared for their every need. Moses also tells the people in Deuteronomy 8-2, To remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. All the way means during good times and successes, during bad times and adversity, and during the times we simply don't understand. It's remembering that God is always with us. Our two-year-old granddaughter, Emma, is one of our great joys in life. Like all grandparents with their grandchildren, we cherish our time with her. But a few months ago, she started saying something to us that we find so fascinating. When we go to her home and she runs to the door to greet us, invariably she says, Grandma, Grandpa, shoes off, shoes off. Or if she's at our home with me and Wes comes home, She runs to him, and the first words are, Grandpa, shoes off. But a few weeks ago, when I had Emma with me, and Wes came home, and she ran to him saying, Grandpa, shoes off, something about those words struck me. In her young two-year-old mind, taking our shoes off, somehow means we're staying. This isn't a quick in-and-out visit. Shoes off means that we'll sit and play with her, we'll talk with her, we'll be fully present with her. I think that there are times in the midst of our wilderness journey when we feel so very alone and overwhelmed Because we aren't completely sure if God is with us, that he sees and knows what's happening to us, or even seems to care, that we want to say to him, shoes off. But the truth that God wants us to know, the truth that can transform our wilderness time, is that he never has to take his shoes off, because they're always off. Because God is always fully present with us. This truth is woven in and repeated throughout Scripture. In Exodus 33 4, God tells Moses, My presence will go with you. Psalm 21 6 speaks of the joy of God's presence. And in Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate us from the love. Of God. However, God's presence with us doesn't mean that our wilderness just disappears or the things with which we're wrestling are immediately resolved. But it does mean we're no longer alone. God is with us. He sees and knows our struggles. Because of his deep love for us, he has promised to never leave us. In the darkness and pain of our wilderness, it's so easy to forget, which is why Moses calls us to remember. In order to not waste our wilderness, we have to remember, but we also must ask God what he wants to teach us and do in us through this wilderness time. This is why Moses not only speaks of God leading us and being with us, but that he does all of this in order to humble us. More often than not, we aren't able to receive what God wants to teach us or what he has for us until we come to a place of humility I think that spiritual amnesia naturally leads to a lack of humility. When we believe that we're in control of our lives, we feel a sense of entitlement, forgetting that we owe everything to God. It's almost as if we forget that we owe every good thing in our lives to him So the desolate wilderness can be the perfect place to learn humility. Because it's here, in the midst of our pain and brokenness, that we finally come to the end of ourselves, admitting, I can't manage this on my own any longer. Lord, I desperately need you. The Israelites had to come to this humbling reality, They didn't free themselves from the bondage in Egypt. They couldn't take care of themselves in the wilderness, and they couldn't make it to the promised land without God. This was a hard lesson for them, as often it is for us. It's hard to admit, I am nothing without God. But until we come to God in humility There will always be this part of us that thinks, if I can just get through this situation, this struggle, then I'll be okay. I can handle it from here. But the wilderness teaches us humility before God and others, not just for the moment of crisis, but as a way of life. It's a time to reshape our perspective about everything and every season of life in the wilderness and out of it. As we're humbled throughout our wilderness journey, as we become more open to God and what he wants to teach us and do in us, we discover that God is also testing us in order to know what's in our hearts, whether or not we'll trust him and obediently Follow him. We see in scripture that God tests people in order to reveal the depth of their commitment to him. Jeremiah 12.3 says, You see me and test my thoughts. 1 Chronicles 29.17 says, I know, my God, that you test my heart and are pleased with integrity. God tests us to see if we'll we'll trust him and obey his commands. This testing isn't just for his sake, but it's for ours as well, so that we know what's really in our hearts. Scripture tells us that our hearts can be deceptive. In Jeremiah 17.9, it says, "...the heart is deceitful above all things." A little over a year ago, the Buffalo News carried an article entitled, Niagara Falls is Going to Go Dry Again. In the next year or two, they're looking to temporarily shut down the American Falls in order to replace two bridges that give access to Goat Island. This happened years ago in 1969 when the American Falls were slowed to a trickle to study the the effects of erosion and buildup of rock at the base of the falls. This was a pretty amazing sight as people came from all around the world to see the falls shut down. This shutting down of the falls so they could see what's really there makes me think of how the wilderness exposes our hearts like nothing else can The wilderness uncovers the erosion from sin in our lives. An unforgiving spirit. Jealousy because others have it so much better than we do. Our real desires and motives. A lack of faith and trust in God. Just as scientists can't examine the falls while millions of gallons of water are pouring over the edge... Neither can we know the truth of our hearts without allowing God to show us what's in them. We don't waste our wilderness by allowing God to test us, to probe deep within us, to uncover who we are and where we are in our relationship with him. As we allow God to remove the deceit from our hearts, replacing it with his truth and love, we come to know him in on a deeper level than we have ever before. We experience a new connectedness, a closeness, an inner communion with him that transforms our barren, dark world. Wilderness into a life-giving place because we've embraced his loving presence. So even as we continue living in the wilderness, we have an inner peace and grateful heart knowing we're no longer alone. We remember all that God has brought us through, all that he's provided, how he's always been faithful and always will be faithful, and that we can trust him. Several years ago, when one of our sons was in first grade, every once in a while, in the morning before school, I would discover that I didn't have everything I needed to complete his lunch. So I would tell him that I would take him to school, go to the store, get what was needed, finish making his lunch, and bring it to him in school. Even though I had never failed or forgotten to do this, for some reason he worried that I would. I remember one day taking his lunch to him, praying, Lord, please let him know how much I love him and that I will always take care of him and his needs. When I entered his classroom, he looked up at me from his desk, his eyes still filled with some fear that I wasn't going to come. I gave him his lunch, and as I walked back out to the car, I thought, I really wish he was filled with trust rather than with fear and apprehension. I don't remember God ever speaking to me audibly, but he has spoken to me in that still, quiet voice many times. And as I got into the car, it was one of those times. He said to me, Cindy, if you as an earthly mother desire for your son to know how much you love him and for him to trust you, How much more do you think that I, as your heavenly father, desire for you to trust me and know how much I love you? I sat in the car outside the school that day, deeply convicted, because it was true. I wasn't trusting God the way I should. I had forgotten who God is, all that he had done for me, and that he is always with me. After all the trials and hardships the contestants experience on the television show Survivor, the prize for that one sole person left is a million dollars. I wonder, after it's all said and done... Does the winner believe it was worth it? My prayer for us is the same as Renfro's, that when we leave the wilderness, we'll be able to say, I wouldn't go through that again for a million dollars, but I wouldn't take all the money in the world for what I've learned about walking with God. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what is in your heart, whether or not you will keep his commands. Father, in the midst of our wilderness, help us to remember that you are always with us caring for us, loving us, and that we can always trust you. This we pray through Jesus' name. Amen. receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore.